Hey, my friend, this is your host again, Nishant. And before we start this podcast episode, I would love to tell you that I am receiving podcast feedback survey. And the intention of this podcast feedback survey is to know who are my active listeners personally so that I can create a magical heartfelt experience and touch your heart through my personal stories and guest personal stories and learnings. This feedback will really help me to see what you love the most about this podcast and where I can improve. And then I can double down on the activities you love the most and slowly adding new things from this category of new improvements. There are total six short questions which will only take five to seven minutes. And the link of this podcast feedback survey is in the description of this podcast. The first question is, how would you feel if you could no longer listen to this podcast? In case if I stop publishing it, how would you feel? Somewhat disappointed? Very disappointed? Not disappointed at all. (laughs) You don't care. And the second question is, what is your favorite go-to podcast platform? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, could be others. And number three, what type of people do you think would benefit the most from this podcast? Question number four is, what is the main benefit you receive from this podcast? Number five, how can I improve the podcast experience for you? And the last question is, what can I do not to make this better, but to make you tell everyone about this podcast? Whoever you meet in your life, you tell about this podcast. Listen to Nishankar show. Listen to this show. What can I do differently that you tell everyone about this show? There are total six short questions and this link and the form link is going to be in the podcast description. So please check it out. I would really, really appreciate your feedback this fall. And thank you so much again. And now let's start the podcast. I had to do a lot of that work with my father because, and I talk about this in my book, my father had the very unfortunate circumstance of being in love with two women. And he had no tools to deal with that. And so that all started when I was 13 years old. I didn't know it at the time. I just knew that something, I knew something was wrong. That's all I knew, that something was wrong. And my father started drinking very heavily. He became an alcoholic. And I I believe that he was self-medicating because he was in so much pain about what he was doing with my mother and, you know, lying to my mother. Then he had all kinds of financial troubles and he almost lost everything and had, you know, it just wreaked havoc on all of our lives. And so I spent a lot of time hating him for what had happened and for what I perceived he had done to me. And I really saw him as the bad guy and my mother as the saint And then when I started getting into, when I started getting into this work and I started understanding, and I believe very much that we come into this lifetime with soul contracts and with agreements with particularly the the, the most important people in our lives. And when I started to really, really, really look at that, I started to understand 
that there were a lot of things that were going on with his relationship with my mother. You know, she, she was very conditioned. Her love was very conditional for all of us, not only the kids, but my dad also. And my dad met a woman who was totally, completely in love with him. I mean, she absolutely loved my dad and worshiped him. And after my mother died, about a year later, they got married. And, and she was with him in, in, until the end of his life. And when I look at that, I can completely see why my father would be drawn to that, especially when he was in a relationship with someone whose love was very, very conditional. And now I've also been able to get a lot of information about past life stuff that the three of them had together over many lifetimes, lifetimes that I've had with them. And I just completely see now, and that was able, that, that allowed me to go into compassion for my dad. And luckily that happened long before he died. And even though I didn't, I, I never condoned the fact that he was unfaithful to my mother. I certainly appreciated that the other woman loved him and loved him so much. And when he went, when he had a stroke later in his life, she totally was there for her, for him, totally took care of her. So I was able to go into compassion with him. My brothers, I'm sorry to say, were never able to do that. They still to this day have so much resentment, even though it's been, you know, it's been so many years and my brothers, I love them, but, but they still totally see my mom as the saint and my dad as the total bad guy. And, you know, that's just not true in any situation (laughs) and it's caused them a lot of pain. And see, that's the thing that I think people don't understand is when you're, when you're holding on to hate and anger and frustration and resentment, the only person that that hurts is you. You're not hurting that other person with it. So that is the big, big lesson that, that I got it, got out of it for my own life. And it was then possible for me to go into a relationship with my dad that was very, very loving and very caring. And, and, and I am, so, so happy that I was able to have that with him. Thank you for explaining this wonderful story. We all have some negative emotions, painful moments, and letting go, surrendering isn't easy. So how did you develop that compassion for your dad? Well, I have to say that what changed my life completely started in 1999 when I came to Sedona for the first time. And I did that one session. I got the information that I had to change my life. And I went home and spent six months closing my practice. And then what I did was I spent the next three years coming out to Sedona doing work with different practitioners that I was finding. And that is what did it. You know, working with them one-on-one, and working with them in a whole lot of different ways with, you know, some sessions were informational sessions about, you know, getting information about 
what was going on with me in this in this one past life and what was going on with me and my dad and my mom and Mary, the other woman in this in this other past life and getting getting information on that. But then mainly doing energy work to clear these blocks, because, see, I believe that when something happens to us, like something happens to us as a, as a child, like our parents do something where they say something negative to us, or they withhold love, or, you know, all kinds of different things can happen. I also believe we bring things in from other lifetimes, and we have to do something to clear that energy. And nobody that I know knows how to do that on themselves, except for the practitioners that I know. But most, you know, normal everyday people don't know how to do that. So doing those kinds of sessions, energy work sessions, and then the other piece for me that was absolutely transformational, and I started doing this work in the 90s, even before I started coming to Sedona, was doing breath work. Because... Mm -hmm. The breath work that I've been trained in and that I've done for so many years and what we do now with everybody that comes to Sedona Soul Adventures, this is a process where it is possible for you to do so much. because The, the breath takes you into an altered state of consciousness. And that looks different for everyone. But different things can happen almost every time you do the breath work. It clears out emotional blocks. It moves you beyond your brain. People will have visions. People will get information. They'll get information from their high self. They'll get information from other beings. Very often, people who have crossed over will come in and connect with you. I mean, the range of things that can happen are just absolutely astounding. So I've done so many different <laughs> types of <laughs> sessions and every single one of them. And see, the thing for me before that, I was going to workshops and seminars and I was reading all these books and I already had a lot of the information, but it just wasn't doing it for me. And so coming here, working one-on-one, -on -one, with these amazing practitioners, because see, that's what's so different about our retreats. First of all, they're custom designed for each individual or couple. They're not, none of them are the same. And then you're doing this work privately, one-on-one, -on -one, either one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one -on -one if it's a couple's retreat. And so these practitioners are so masterful at taking you from where you are to where you want to be. So for example, I went in to, to say hello and greet two different people who were starting their retreat this morning. And one of them is one who's never done anything, no, never done any of this work in her life, but she's a, very, very excited. And then the other person is somebody who she's been on her path for 20 years and she's done everything. And she's here to go to another level and that's what's gonna happen. And so working with these people in these private sessions where they are such masters at taking you from where you are to where you want to be, that is what worked for me. That is what changed everything in my life. What is high self? We have talked about high self a couple of times. 
Mm-hmm. Could you speak to that? And before that, I found one statement on your website that high self doesn't usually show you the complete picture, <laughs> only the next step. Right. So, so I believe that when we come onto the planet, that there is a part of us that stays on the other side. Okay. And that that is the the spiritual part of us. That's what I'm calling the high self. And then when we come over here onto the planet, we're still connected. You know, some people talk about it like the silver cord that, of course, you can't see, but that there is this connection that we have to this part of us that is perfect, that is a direct part of God that has never been wounded, has never been hurt, has never been, well, just hurt in any way, and that has all the answers. And when we can connect with that part, which some people call the soul and it also, for me, really means that part of us that is connected with the divine. So when we can connect with that, that's when all the information comes in. That's where all of the inspiration comes in. And so that's what I'm talking about. And, and that, that's what it is. For me, that's what I believe. I, I, I've read and heard a lot of other people talking mm-hmm. about that in different ways, but that's what it is for me. And I feel like when I can tap into that, then I really am connecting with that highest part of myself. And so that's when I'll use things like the automatic writing. I'll use breathwork. Breathwork will very often connect me in with that. Are there some other ways to connect to our higher self? Well, I think for some people, meditation works. For some people, again, the automatic writing is, is really, really powerful. Just sitting and being quiet and asking questions, that is something that is really kind of amazing when you do it. If you will actually sit and listen to the answer, And one of the things that I do and what I tell people to do is if you're doing something like that, sit and be quiet and ask the question, listen to the answer, and then immediately write down the answer that you're getting. Hmm. Because very often, a day later or two days later, all of a sudden, no, that's not the answer that I got. I'm pretty sure I got a different answer. Because... Good answers are hidden in the great questions. So, Deborah, what questions have you been asking yourself recently in the last two or three years? Well, recently I've been asking myself, what is the pandemic here to teach us? And in my, in my interview uh, program that I do, that's one of the things that I ask everyone, because I feel that this is just huge. And so I've been asking myself that question. And the other question that I'm just 
kind of always consistently asking is tell me what to do. What do you want me what do you want me to do? And and when I say that I'm I'm talking to God or the universe because I know that the best parts of my life have been guided by that. When I finally figured out how to connect with that and it you know and it it took quite a while the joke the joke at the office because see i was i was traveling back and forth to sedona from omaha for 3 years and so the joke at the office is that my soul adventure took 3 years and everybody else does it in 3 or 4 days <laughs> but definitely the best part of my life has come from being able to ask the question listen to the answer and then having the the guts or whatever you want to call it to do what i'm told hmm. because for 5 years i was asking the question and you know i really wasn't asking a question i was i was i was i was complaining <laughs> <laughs> what should i do i was i was whining you know i was going oh god i'm so unhappy tell me what to do and then i would hear this little voice that would say you need to leave your law practice and I would not listen. I wouldn't even do anything beyond, you know, I would go, oh, well, that's, you know, give me another answer. And I did that for five years. And when I finally got the answer, okay, you have to leave your law practice. And then I did that. And and i felt like you know there was no question that that is what i needed to do so then i go home i close my practice i start coming out to sedona i'm coming out to sedona like about every other month doing work with different practitioners that i was meeting and then it was funny cuz i would run into people cuz sedona is very small it's just 10,000 people and so the spiritual community here is very small everybody knows each other and i would run into people during these 3 years and they would say well when are you moving to sedona and I would always say, I'm never moving to Sedona because I love my house in Omaha. I love my friends in Omaha. I love coming back and forth. Well, the next thing that happened was two weeks before 9-11, I'm at Ranjita's and I'm doing another session with a different practitioner. And suddenly my high self came in again as ISIS and said, it's time to move to Sedona. And I said, for what? Because I had absolutely no idea. And that is when I realized again that they don't show you the whole thing. They show you the next step. So by this time, I was, I was very much more in practice with doing what I was told. So I went home. I was told that my house would take six months to sell. Instead, it sold in three days for more money than I even listed it for. And so I'm like, okay, there's another sign. So I, then I moved to Sedona and mm -hmm. I sat here for six months going, okay, I did what you told me to do. Now what? And I then finally, I started having dreams. This is another way where you can have a lot of information come in. If you'll pay attention to your dreams, I started having dreams. And what I saw in the dreams was that my coming to Sedona, working one-on-one -on -one with these different practitioners had changed everything in my life. And I realized that I could 
replicate that experience for other people. And so that's what I did. Yes. <laughs> Love your inspirational story. And I believe, strongly feel that it will inspire a lot of our listeners. Well, and I've had a lot of people over the years say to me, oh, you must have been so brave leaving your law practice. And I'm like, I didn't feel brave at all. I just felt like, okay, this is the next, I have to do this. This is the next thing I have to do. And then the next thing showed up. And then the next thing showed up. And, and at every step along the way, all that I was doing was just doing the next thing that showed up. Now, as I look back, I'm kind of going, wow, <laughs> I kind of can't believe I did that. But, but at the time, I never felt like I was doing anything major. I felt like I was just doing the logical next step. And so if people will do that, if they will just do the next step and not, not expect or demand that the universe is going to show them everything or that they're going to see totally, you know, 100% of what the rest of their life is going to look like. You don't even want to have that anyway. If you just ask for what's the next step, what am I the most excited about doing right now? Hey guys, I want to thank you first of all for being an active listener to this podcast. It means the world to me. And in this new year, 2023, I want to connect with you. If you haven't listened to this podcast for quite some time, I would love to connect with you one-on-one. -on -one. And if you feel inclined to talk to me, please send me an email. You can go to my website, nishanthgarg.me, N-I-S-H-A-N-T-G-A-R-G.me slash contact. You will find a contact page and just send me an email and we can schedule 15, 20, 30 minutes to chat about life, philosophy, what is going on in life. You know, just, it's a casual conversation and there is no hidden selling. And I'm sure there is no hidden selling behind that. So please send me an email. I would love to chat with you. And thank you again for being an active listener. Thank you.